0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We're back at it with you guys after uh, taking the day off. It's a federal holiday for Indigenous Peoples Day. And uh, look, if the government's not working, we're not working. We're we're, we're keeping watch. The federal government... But uh, we take the same day's off as they do. But uh, we're back now. We didn't miss, miss much uh, yesterday with the uh, Amy Coney Barrett hearings. Uh, it was just mainly opening statements. Uh, today we got into a lot of the questioning, which we're uh, going to talk about here in just a second. Just wanted to uh, let patrons know, if you are a, a patron over at patreon.com districtsentinel district sentinel, And if you uh, subscribe at the $15 tier, you are entitled to a t-shirt and those t-shirts have now shipped. So thanks to everybody for uh, responding with their size and address. Uh, All those shirts are out now. You should be receiving them within the next 10 days. If you don't get your shirt by like the end of the month, let us know because there's a problem then. But uh, uh, you should get them sometime within the next 10 days. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, if you're listening to this and you know you're a $15 tier subscriber and you don't know what I'm talking about, check your Patreon messages. Uh, You likely got a message from me asking for your address and shirt size. And uh, I think as I said on the show a few weeks ago, um, we sort of dropped the ball in getting those shirts out timely. And I know some people who are $15 subscribers for more than three months and then just drop back down to $5. If you're one of those people, uh, let me know, let us know Message us. message us on Patreon or on Twitter, and I'll make sure you get a shirt
1: as well. Can, I uh, can $5 subscribers buy the shirts? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Are they, are they for sale? Yeah, they're uh, someone they're asked, and uh, I thought I would set the record straight for the uh, for the listeners here by yeah. asking you to set the record straight.
0: We don't have like a storefront online, but um, we do have a PayPal uh, DC Sentinel News at Yahoo.com. Um, go ahead and message us and say you're interested in buying a shirt, um, and then you can we'll sell them for thirty bucks. Um send us 30 bucks on uh on PayPal. You can message us to make sure you get the right email address and everything and we'll get a shirt sent your way. Um it's pretty much at cost. I think maybe we'd make a few bucks off of it. Um depending on shipping, maybe not at all, but I think 30 bucks is a fair price for a uh new sentinel shirt.
2: Especially shirt. considering
0: the last shirts we were selling we were selling them for like 50. And uh, they're not nearly as nice as these ones. These ones feel soft, good quality shirt. Uh, It'll be good. It'll be good. All right, let's get into uh, what happened today. It's Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. Here's the news. The nomination hearing for Judge Amy Coney Barrett continued into its second day today, with senators having a chance to directly question the Supreme Court nominee Under questioning from committee chairman Lindsey Graham, who spent a good portion of the hearing coughing, he still has not taken a COVID test recently, despite being in close contact with uh, other senators who tested positive, like Mike Lee, who uh, appeared at the hearing and coughed a few times. Uh, He did not wear a mask, Mike Lee, during his questioning. Uh, His doctor's note claimed uh, that his uh, symptoms have. Um, improved. <laughs> Not that they've completely gone away, so safe to assume that he's probably still contagious. Noticed a lot of coughing in the hearing. We could have a um another super spreader event on our hands. Uh, the second super spreader event that Amy Coney Barrett has been a part of. Anyways, uh, under questioning from a very coughy Lindsey Graham, Barrett was afforded an opportunity to explain her judicial philosophy, so-called originalism, often championed by right-wing judges, most famously by the late Antonin Scalia.
2: In English. Okay, so in English, that means that I interpret the Constitution as a law, that I interpret its text as text, and I understand it to have the meaning that it had at the time people ratified it. Okay. So that meaning doesn't change over time and it's not up to me to update it or infuse my own policy views into it.
0: So in other words, you're, you're bound by the people who wrote it at the time they wrote it. That keeps you from substituting your judgment for theirs. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Uh- so that's originalism. And if you think about it, it's a pretty extremist position. It's treating the Constitution, a 240 plus year old document, as basically the infallible word of God that must be followed. Of course, all sorts of bizarre determinations could be made from this, but at the end of the day, most so-called originalists don't even buy their own bullshit. During questioning from Senator Dick Durbin, Barrett was exposed as not being an originalist when she dissented in a case a few years back dealing with a convicted felon being barred from owning a gun. This is a bit wonky, but In that case, Barrett determined that although the Constitution allows for individuals to be deprived of rights under due process of the law, which a felony conviction would be an example of due process under the law, and deprived of rights, a right could be the Second Amendment, Barrett argued that such deprivation should not apply to gun ownership unless it was a violent felony, not just a felony, but it had to be a violent felony. In the case she was presiding over, the litigant had committed Medicare fraud, which, according to Barrett, wasn't a violent act. Here's her explaining her ruling and Senator Dick Durbin's response.
2: And I concluded that based on that history, one couldn't take the right away simply because one was a felon, that there had to be a showing of dangerousness. And I didn't rule out the possibility that the government might be able to make that showing about Ricky Cantor. But I think we could all agree that we ought to be careful of saying that because someone's a felon, they lose any of their individual rights. Well, I mean, felonies cover a broad range of things, including selling pigs without a license in some states, redeeming too many bottle caps in Michigan. I mean, so felonies now cover a broad swath of conduct, not all of which seems indicative of whether someone's likely to abuse a firearm.
0: We hear over and over from the other side of the aisle, we don't want any activist judges. We want judges who are going to go back to the original document, literally take it word for word, put it in a historical context, and don't get in the way of making laws. We make the laws. You're a judge. You stay away from them. And yet, when we look at this case, the notion of what disqualifies you from buying a firearm was being rewritten by the dissenting judge and saying, when we say felony, we just mean violent felony. Well, the word violent isn't in there, but you found it, or at least found reference to it. That was the uh, closest we got to actually getting an answer from Barrett throughout the hearing. Most of it featured her refusing to answer direct questions from senators on her thoughts regarding abortion rights, same-sex marriage, campaign finance, and the Affordable Care Act. She claimed that doing so would be prejudicial since the cases might come before her course she has uh, a whole history of writing on these topics that would suggest that she would uh, strip women of their right to choose uh, ban same-sex marriage and strike down the Affordable Care Act although the routine she was playing in the hearing is that she actually wouldn't do any of those although she didn't deny it she just can't answer what she would do uh in case any of those cases come before her as a Supreme Court justice. Barrett even refused to answer obvious questions like whether or not it's constitutional for the president to delay an election, and what would seem like a slam-dunk answer for an originalist, since the Constitution obviously does not give the president such power, instead turned into this mealy-mouthed answer to a question from Senator Dianne Feinstein.
1: Does the Constitution give the President of the United States the authority to unilaterally delay a general election under any circumstances? Does federal law?
2: Well, Senator, if that question ever came before me, I would need to hear arguments from the litigants and read briefs and consult with my law clerks and talk to my colleagues and go through the opinion writing process. So, you know, if if I give off-the-cuff answers, then I would be basically a legal pundit And I don't think we want judges to be legal pundits. I think we want judges to approach cases thoughtfully and with an open mind.
0: That's a bit troubling. Of course, the administration and Republican senators have discussed the need to confirm Barrett in case there's an election dispute. Barrett appears to be open-minded on the question of delaying elections. She also refused to commit to recusing herself on any matter involving President Trump and the election. Hearing is uh, ongoing as we're recording this with each senator getting 30 minutes to question Barrett. Uh, Tomorrow will feature another round of questioning Thursday as well. Ultimately uh, pretty disappointed in Democrats here just for uh, pretending that this is a normal process what we're seeing here. I know that Dianne Feinstein began her questioning by saying uh, So happy to have you here, Judge Barrett, and asked uh, the judge uh, to introduce her family and to give the secret for her family being so well-behaved during the hearings. These proceedings should be absolutely boycotted by Democrats, and they have the best reason to do it. Mike Lee has COVID, and he's not wearing a mask, and he's putting in jeopardy the lives of countless people, and I'm not just talking about senators who are making this choice, Republican senators who are making this choice, putting themselves at risk to jam through this, this justice, I'm talking about Capitol Hill staff, the people who are going to have to clean that room after this hearing, after people like Lindsey Graham has coughed all over his mic all day, and after people like Mike Lee have spit out of their mouths all day long. Even though he tested positive for COVID like ten days ago, less than ten days ago, um, but the hearing is continuing. The House doesn't seem all that interested in jamming the Senate with uh, legislation to uh, prevent ongoing consideration of the nominee. There are tons of delay tactics that could be implemented to at least push consideration of the nominee beyond Election Day, and that doesn't put. Um, that doesn't mean Republicans won't try to jam it through in a lame duck session, but if Trump were to lose and if people like Lindsey Graham were to lose certainly changes the calculation, but I'd argue you could even delay it until next year, just impeach every cabinet member in the house, stop every vote. The Senate affords, uh, powers to individual senators to Slow things down. And so far, we haven't seen any effort by Democrats to utilize this. And in fact, we've seen just the opposite with people like Amy Klobuchar on Monday uh, using her time in the hearing to say, look, there's nothing we can do to stop this. The math is against our side.
1: That's false. That's not true. They're already giving up. Well, they have the right presidential nominee for giving up because Joe Biden last night was asked by. I think he was in Cincinnati, Ohio. In fact, I know he was in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he was asked by local media for his thoughts on court packing, and he said, I'm not a fan of court packing, and claiming that that's just what President Trump wants me to talk about, is court packing. So he is getting ready to set up in a situation where there's six uh, right-wing justices on the court and. He just doesn't really care. No. He doesn't care at all.
0: And he's taking the bait here. I, I mean, they want this to be an issue. And even if he denies it, it's still going to be an issue. Um, he, should, uh, out, he should play tough. He should be like, yeah, if they want to jam through a Supreme Court nominee under these uh, ridiculous circumstances that I've already mentioned and ones that I haven't already mentioned as far as precedent and things like that then yeah, I'll respond by court packing, but we can't expect uh, Joe Biden, centrist Democrats who uh, love the institutions, to dare challenge any of the institutions. I'd like it if Biden said, I'm not a fan of court packing. I am a fan of striking down judicial review and just ignoring the Supreme Court,
1: but obviously he wouldn't
0: do that either.
1: No, he wouldn't. And- if I'm not mistaken, Democrats have said that they are going to deny quorum to the Senate Judiciary Committee for the actual vote uh, for the markup, uh, sorry, for the vote to report her out, to report Barrett out of committee. And that, I mean, Republicans can still advance Barrett, even if they uh, can't hold a, a markup. But why not boycott this hearing too? This is a farce. Why not say, look, we believe the American people like should pick the Supreme Court justice, not this president, and then also try to engage in some of the delay tactics that you've talked about. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, they, they don't care. They're giving up. How is this, how is this party supposed, and I don't want to get too into the weeds here and too contrarian, but this is the party that's supposed to be making the case for harm reduction. And it just it, it's just not trying on the Supreme Court, the one thing that it's supposed to be, you know, fighting tooth and nail on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: An update on stimulus negotiations. It's all a big joke to leaders of both parties as millions of Americans wait for pandemic unemployment insurance to come back online. Mitch McConnell laughed at a debate last night when his opponent, Democrat Amy McGrath, pointed out that McConnell didn't try to pass a second stimulus until months after House Democrats initially passed a bill in May, with months to go before the pandemic unemployment program ran out of money. Then this morning, Nancy Pelosi mocked the idea of getting quick relief to people right now, saying, quote, a fly on the wall or wherever else it might land in the Oval Office tells me that the president only wants his name on a check to go out before election day and for the market to go up. Got to uh, love the snide dismissal there of people needing relief by also making that hack fly joke that, uh, you know, in, a, in an obvious pander to the uh, brain-dead Saturday night, Saturday night Live Uh, fan crew but you had
0: one chance to make a fly joke and that was in the hours and morning after the debate by saturday when snl started making fly jokes it was already way too late to make fly jokes and snl just killed it anyways you're not allowed to make them anymore
1: that's right last week president trump threatened to kill stimulus negotiations entirely until after the election. And then he backtracked after stock markets dipped briefly. Over the weekend, the White House said it would increase its tolerance for spending by a few hundred billion dollars, announcing its support for a $1.8 trillion spending package. This was just days after House Democrats passed a slimmed down version of their May bill, which was worth some $2.2 trillion dollars. The offer from Republicans includes $300 billion in help for state and local governments. And while this might not be enough for state and local governments to deal with the crisis, Republicans were reluctant to provide any support for them. This could provide some needed relief until January. Democrats might control both houses of Congress and the White House. And will obviously, in that scenario, they would be able to pass more relief. But Pelosi came out against the package on Sunday in a Dear Colleague letter, hitting the president for having a lack of vision. She said, quote, the news is filled with the numbers in terms of dollars. The heart of the matter is, can we allow the virus to rage on and ignore science as the administration proposes? Or will they accept the scientific strategic plan in the HEROES Act, the bill passed by House Democrats in May, to crush the virus? End of quote. And I just don't understand why they care about Trump's strategy. I mean, they, they want him gone in three months, don't they? Give people relief. God damn it. This is, just, this
0: is typical Democrats here where for three or four years, however long this has been going on since Trump has been in office, almost four years, uh, we have been begging Nancy Pelosi to hold a hard line on things like funding for ICE and stuff like that. Don't give in. Don't uh, give or or funding for the border wall. Or why don't you shut down the government while Trump is president? Do these things. And she's absolutely refused and caved over and over and over again to the Trump administration. And now at a time when she should probably cave. And this isn't even a cave. I mean, Republicans have moved drastically toward Democrats on this. And yes, I, I would like to see a better deal. And, you know. Maybe Pelosi can get this $2.2 trillion deal instead. Um, Unlikely that they'll go that far. But here's an opportunity where you can jam the Senate with a bill to slow down consideration of the Barrett nomination and just provide desperately needed relief to people who who need it. And the pandemic is only going to continue to get worse. State budgets are only going to continue to get worse. So you will get something for them. And she's not doing it. She's not doing it. She's now holding holding out as we've been begging her to do, but at the wrong time now.
1: No. And, uh, you know, like I said, there was uh, the, the, the issue of state and local government aid, which initially Republicans were saying we won't give it give any of it. It's a bailout for Democrat states, blah, blah, blah. And they got it like they they got some. It's obviously not enough. But it's some and, you know, it it might be enough to make a big difference over the next few months for people when, again, like the way things are going, it's not uh, it's not wild to assume that Democrats will control everything in a few months time. But no, they're they're anyway, it would be one thing if Pelosi were playing hardball because the White House is trying to lower pandemic unemployment by two hundred dollars per month. That is in the Trump administration's proposal, though though the legislation does provide some retroactive payments. No, Pelosi is holding things up because she wants strategic vision from an an untrustworthy guy who basically fucks up every single thing that he does and actually might still die of COVID-19 because of it. Pelosi is trying to score election points by forcing the press to cover strategy, According to the Census Bureau, 22.3 million Americans said in August that they, in the past week, in the, in the week before the, the survey was taken, that they sometimes or didn't have enough to eat, and that's up by 18 million since the pandemic hit the U.S. in March. Ultimately, the House Speaker may be spared embarrassment by Senate Republicans who are themselves reluctant to take up the $1.8 trillion White House bill. Connell said this morning he will try once again to pass a smaller bill tailored to give a few hundred billion dollars, mostly to small business bailouts through the Paycheck Protection Program. The president himself was not amused by this, tweeting in response this morning, quote, stimulus, go big or go home.
0: That music means the newscast is over and we're going to move on to the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for all our new subscribers over at patreon patreon.com slash district sentinel this first haiku goes out to zachary how do i get out i'm stuck in this flag again i'm keith olberman
1: thank you zachary this is for craig l u.s president doing a hot new dance move, The freaking Cheeto. Thank you, Craig L. This goes out to Brett. Concerns
0: that the judge will write rulings in tongues, that's discrimination.
1: Thank you, Brett. This is for Harvey. Name me to the court. I am very qualified. I have seven kids. This dude fucks. (laughs) Thank you, Harvey. And also just doesn't practice contraception or safe sex at all. (laughs) No. This is for Mac. Trump now
0: dancing to Village People's Macho Man. Day 10 of steroids.
1: Thank you, Mac. Finally, this is for Sam. I want some fast food. Not worth the COVID risk, though. Microwave burgies.
0: Grim. Thank you, Sam. And thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. We really couldn't do it without you. And uh, subscribe at the $15 level now. And stay subscribed for a few months and we'll uh, get you a shirt, too. That'll do it for the show this week we've got a brand new chip chat coming out tomorrow we've got a brand new means morning news on means tv which if you haven't subscribed to that yet i highly encourage you to do it Uh, no other anti-capitalist streaming platform uh, out there Uh, no other platform in general that's putting out these new shows and movies on a weekly basis uh, like means tv is we got southpaw sports debuting on friday and if you subscribe to the sentinel on patreon for five bucks a month you get a free month over at means tv and then we'll be back here on friday for the garbage can show we're here in dc so you don't have to be